following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw podcast episode 114. I am your host, the warden Matt Ritter, and I am back again, as always, with my co-host, Sir Cussalot Travis Pointer, a.k.a. the Dragon King, a.k.a. Big T, a.k.a. Sweet T, a.k.a. T-Money, a.k.a. Black Merlin, a.k.a. T-Bag, a.k.a. the H-N-I-C. What's happening? Travis is tired. He had a long night. We are going to get into it. And surprisingly, you would think with all of the wrestling available, there'd be a shit ton of news and rumors. But guess what? There's not. Uh... So we're going to start the show as we are going to start the show from now on until Sasha talks to Travis by her DMs. And uh, Travis, what do you got for Sasha's DMs this week as far as panda gifts go? Mm. Thank you for the reminder, sir. Let me go ahead and open this up so I can slide in Sasha's DMs again. Well, he's doing that. There were reports after Hell in a Cell that both Bray Wyatt and Sasha Banks suffered injuries. Bray Wyatt, as we will uh, talk about, has made some appearances, so I think he's doing all right, and there's been no official announcement of Sasha being out with an injury. I believe she's okay, too. I don't think they were anything serious. Uh, NWA Power debuted on Tuesday. It is a studio wrestling show. Um, I guess it's got a very 80s feel. I have not watched it. I'm going to be honest. I watch more wrestling than Travis does, and I already feel like I watch too much wrestling along with, you know, working a day job, spending time with my wife, and doing the other things outside of wrestling I enjoy to do. So NWA Power is just not something, as of this moment, I can add to my schedule. But, like I said, I heard it's got an 80s feel, and a lot of people on Twitter seem to like it. The uh, wrestling community there on Twitter seemed to really enjoy it, and I saw a lot of positives about it, so... If you have not seen it, go check it out, and you guys can let us know either on Twitter at Matt Ritter, that is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R, or at Sir Cusselot at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T, or over in the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw, what you think of NWA Power. Did you find a gift yet, Travis? Yeah, so one of a little panda doing a somersault. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, last but not least, and I wanted to save this one for when you were paying attention, because I know you saw it in the group. What makes you think I wasn't paying attention, Matt? Bought a wrestling company. Wait, wait. Back, back up. You, you froze up. What did you say? Master P bought a wrestling company. I know. I was the one that shared it to the group. And that's why I wanted to wait to talk about it with you. How are you feeling about it? Uh, are they going to make you say, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I said when I uh, when I found that I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to become a new thing. It may not be a t-shirt, but when something bad happens, we talk about something. You and I together going, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, Travis, let's get into Monday Night Raw. And like I said, guys, this is going to be a slimmed down version of Monday Night Raw SmackDown. NXT and AEW because we've only got an hour here to cover. So uh, we're going we're gonna to trim it up a little bit. We're not going to talk about some of the unimportant shit, but we are going to talk about the best thing going on Monday Night Raw because Monday Night Raw fucking sucked. And that was the opening 
where we just started off with Rusev getting ready for a match against Randy Orton, like popped in right in the middle of it or the beginning of it or whatever. And during that match or before that match happened, because the match didn't actually go take place, Bobby Lashley comes up on the screen. And Bobby Lashley lets us know in full detail about how he's in Rusev's robe, in Rusev's room, in Rusev's house, and he's about to be in Rusev's wife. Oh, yeah. Balls deep. And Lana shows up and climbs in bed and takes down the bra straps. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in WWE because they covered up Lana as she removed her robe. We didn't even get to see what she was wearing under the robe. Yeah. Like, I get, like, you're not going to show us titties. I get that. But, like, it's a brawn panties is a bathing suit. You could at least let me see what the bathing suit looked like. I'm sure I can see it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And we have. <laughs> and that's the thing. Or even when she was under the cover, she was covered up. She could have, like, you know, done the thing where they, like, you know, not show her take uh, with the bra off. But, but like, just, like, drop the bra yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. something. Exactly. But so. I guess because they're still married, Lana fully taking her bra off in bed with Bobby Lashley much for rusev maybe he didn't agree to all that thing is i'm happy so all the deep kissing and him rubbing all over her body and shit was cool but him she's next to her she's an actress and she had her clothes on when they did that i'm telling you right now maybe rusev was fine with the acting portion of it because as an actress you kiss other people it happens but his wife being topless in bed with another man might have been a little too much what actors do that too yes they do um, Rusev goes berserk, beats up Randy Orton and Baron, or uh, yeah, and Baron Corbin. I enjoyed that. I'm glad that Rusev didn't just stand there and look stupid and defeated and sad. That he got to take his frustrations out and do some shit. And uh, you know, it's not just him staring into the camera. Just um, it's um, Bishop has Raw, right? Or does he have SmackDown? No, Heyman has Raw. Bishop oh. has SmackDown. Okay, never mind. Because I was just going to say he's done this story before. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, almost the exact same shit. <laughs> but, uh, and I don't even know how true the uh, the lead creative or the their actual roles on Raw or SmackDown are. I think maybe uh, they were exaggerated a little bit when it was first announced and people got a little too excited by the name of the role. So I don't really know exactly how much of the writing or influence either guy has on either show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I said, he's Bischoff has done this story before. Here's my thing though. Lana said, we don't have joint bank accounts anymore. So if you ain't got to share your money with her and she's sharing that coochie with somebody else, Maybe it's just time to go find somebody new. He's in love, though, Matt. I'm only bringing this match up, Travis, because it was actually a really good match and because did you see Natty versus Lacey in the last woman standing match? I did. Okay. Surprisingly, between those two, this was a really good match. I also really enjoyed watching Natty get thrown into the raw set and then slide Slide down down. the raw set. (laughs) That was fucking fun. I think working with Natalia has made Lacey better in ring, cleaner, more technically sound. It has been a plus doing this best of five series or whatever they're doing for Lacey, which is the only reason I'm going to bring that up, unless you got thoughts on it. 
Not really. I mean, how can I put this? It was, it was well done. I just didn't care. Okay. <laughs> that's and that's the best way I can put that, you know. Natty did get the win there. Hi, Ozzy. Hi. Hey, little man. Yeah, look at you're on. You're not on TV, but you're on the internet. Um, and then I've got to bring this up. Did you see anything with Alistair Black? I did. It's Alistair Black, so I'm bringing it up. Uh, he wants a fight on Raw. He says he knows what waiting in a room for someone to show up and pick a fight with them is going to do. So he's going to go to the ring. And the motherfucking Singh brothers decide yeah. that on this Raw showcase, now is the time to come back and pick a fight with Alistair Black and they get utterly destroyed in a two-on-one handicap match. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking, but, you know. Good for them for getting on television. Did you see Viking Raiders versus Rudolph? Did I? Hold on. Because I believe... The Viking Raiders were good enough for Hulu? Yes, I did. Okay. Viking Raiders beat Rudolph in Travis's favorite kind of match. Beat the champion, get a title shot. That shit. It's not a match stipulation. It's just something WWE does, and Travis loves it. And uh, when we get into SmackDown, we'll talk about why it's uh, it's it was kind of obvious where they were going to end up. Mm -hmm. um, did you see the OC versus the Lucha House Party? Negative. Didn't think so. And did you see Apollo Crews versus... Pew Pew Ricochet. Negative. Uh, did you see the Miz TV and the Kabuki Warriors and the women's tag team title or, or the women's yeah. tag team champions versus the Braun SmackDown women's champions? Affirmative, sir. Okay. Did you see the stuff with Braun and Tyson Fury? Yeah. Okay. Ms. TV with Becky and Charlotte kind of gets intense. Uh, there's still a little bit of uh, tension there between Becky and Charlotte as to who's the best, who's the man, who's the queen, who's better than who. Kabuki Warriors come out, and they cut Japanese promos. They cut promos in motherfucking Japanese, and they were intense. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this before when Asuka was like, she was cutting promos in English. And she was like, yo, she can do whatever the fuck she wants because she says everything with such intensity and feeling. So, like, you just like, all right, then. <laughs> I don't understand a goddamn word you said, but I'm with you. Exactly. Hell yeah. I, I'm basically thinking the gist of it was, fuck Charlotte, fuck Becky. I'm going to kick their ass. Yeah. It's almost like um, that one meme with the little kid with the little cardboard sign. It doesn't really say anything. It's just a bunch of scribbles on it, but she's holding the sign up like she's at a protest or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't know what sis is mad about, but you better fix that shit. <laughs> Reminds me of that. The uh, Bukaki Warriors go over with the green mist. That was and a weird one because she like, it looked like she missed her. <laughs> yeah. Like missed, M-I-S-S-E-D, <laughs> not missed, you know, like the green yeah. mist. But then I looked at her afterwards, like, oh, she does have green all over. So I guess she kind of hit her. Yeah. Um, and then Charlotte gets beat down two on one by the Bukaki Warriors and uh, gets saved by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So we're going to continue that tag team title feud, I think, for a little bit anyway, between uh, the Kabuki Warriors and Bliss and Cross. 
Uh, I'd also set up a little something back and forth on Twitter between Becky and Asuka. Oh, really? I'm down for that. You know, uh, Becky teased it when she said that she's looking forward to fighting Asuka because Asuka got the better of her at the Royal Rumble and she didn't get a chance to serve that ass whooping back. So I feel it. And then the fucking Tyson Fury bullshit. Like, I'm not about this. I, it's scheduled for Crown Jewel. It is what it is. Tyson Fury's fine on the mic, but I don't need to see a boxer versus a wrestler. Here's the problem, Matt. I feel like they using they're using Tyson Fury because they couldn't get uh Deontay Wilder. Cause the thing is between the two, I believe Deontay Wilder is still a champ. He's also the more entertaining of people. He's also like the more it seems like the more of an ass kicker between the two, you know? Well, they keep touting him as the uh undefeated heavyweight champ. I don't think they use the words heavyweight champ. Because last time they fought, Deontay, if I remember correctly, I'm not always completely up on my boxing knowledge, but last time they fought, I believe, they fought to a draw while Deontay Wilder was a champ. Okay. So I believe Deontay Wilder is still a champ. He, like, you know, Tyson Fury might still be undefeated because, you know, they draw. lose the draw. But I know they fought to a draw. Now, if that was their last fight, I'm not sure. But I know they fought to a draw. So basically, Tyson wants an apology, and Braun says he'll give him an apology if he asks nicely, maybe, but if he doesn't, he's going to get these hands. Number one ranked heavyweight. Yeah. They didn't say champion. That's what it was. Something. Um, and then uh, Braun and Tyson brawl and get separated, and Braun goes to the back and does a little interview and then comes back out, and they brawl some more, and it is what it is. I'll watch on Halloween, Crown Jewel, maybe probably late. And I'll see the match, but (laughs) you can just tell me about it. Um, Forgot because this happened on SmackDown also, but this um, in that, you know, Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky match, I noticed something that they've been doing a lot of. And I think it's mostly Charlotte, but I've seen other people do it too. When she does moonsaults, she never actually hits the person. Yeah, no, I I know. Like they land next to the person and they kind of just put their arm over. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, why? Catcher. Yeah. Fucking catcher. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because they're afraid they're going to get knees to the face and bust a nose or pop an implant or God knows what. But it's not just them because the dudes do it too. Charlotte's very good at landing on her feet with those moonsaults. Every moonsault, she just lands on her feet. Yeah. But it's Um, it's not just her. Like, there are guys that do it too. And there's always just seems weird to me anyway go ahead did you see the weird shit with the street profits announcing like a three people for the draft pool negative okay well that's where we're at now so ladies and gentlemen not good enough for hulu monday night raw edition street profits announced draft picks for the draft pool and they like they mentioned drake maverick they mentioned apollo cruz and uh there was somebody else because they fucked it up maybe uh, possibly chad gable like it wasn't anyone of any consequence. And they only said like three people are up for a draft. And it's like, those guys probably aren't going to get drafted. And guess what? They didn't. Um, did you see the Ray Mysterio Kane Velasquez interview? Yes. Okay. Uh, we don't really need to talk about that. It is what it is. Uh, the OC defeat the Lucha house party and Apollo Cruz <laughs> after no shit. 
and Apollo <laughs> Crews after a spirited discussion about how tonight's his night and this is his showcase and Pew Pew Ricochet is great and all this shit. He loses to Ricochet. Pretty Rick is what they call him. That a boy. So not good enough for Hulu, ladies and gentlemen. The Streets Profits uh, doing their backstage thing. The OC versus the Lucha House Party and Apollo Crews losing to Ricochet. You want to talk about the Rey Mysterio Cain Velasquez shit? Nope. Okay. Over on NXT. You watched NXT, right? I think so. Okay. Uh, your boy Leo Rush had a yeah, Cruiserweight <laughs> Championship match against Drew Gulak. Yeah. What would you Leo. think? Good for Leo. And I was, you know, it's one of those I saw him last week, you know, just like, well, not last week. Was it the week before? Uh, I think it was last week. Okay. Yeah. It was last week. And I'm just like, dude, you know, you dope. Like it was like I said, it was cool to see him in the ring because like I had never seen him in an actual match. I just seen him running around and shit. But then this week I'm just like, oh, more of that. Yeah, keep doing that. It was a good match though between the two, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was a really good I mean. fucking match. Good, good shit. And he did that whole springboard off the rope into the into the stunner thing, which is still dope as fuck. He did another dope thing, and I don't remember what it was anymore. Speaking of dope things, Mauro Ronaldo quoted Meek Mill, which was... Uh, he was that's quoting what, a lot of rappers and shit that night. Yeah, he quoted Aaliyah, too, for Aaliyah, which I, I enjoyed quite a bit. But it's kind of his thing. Like, he takes pop culture things and mixes it into his commentary. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it feels like an old white dad trying to tell a joke. Exactly. Speaking of that, because I forgot to mention this last week, that um, last week, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who I have much respect for use the term lit and i was like jerry don't ever do that again probably because he got shit for no that last week was his first week back in commentary yeah. so probably they told him hey when you go out there we're gonna need you to update your shit a little bit and you know it's it's a new crowd out there yeah i forgot who what he said he said just like like somebody such and such is lit and was like mm-mm mm-mm <laughs> Did you see Rhea Ripley versus uh, Leah? Yes. With Vanessa Bourne? Oh, of course. Yeah, I know you like that, Vanessa Bourne. Yeah. Uh, Rhea comes out, defeats... Yeah, I know. I, just, uh, I needed her to be there longer. Rhea defeats Aaliyah. Again, Moro says that she's going to dust herself off and try again. Uh, Rhea grabs a mic and puts Shayna on notice, saying Shayna didn't beat her. She's coming for Shayna. Did you see uh, Brizongo? Negative. Did you see Cameron Grimes versus Boa and Killian Dane? I don't think so. I figured. Did you see Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Swerve Scott? I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, I saw that shit. So couple things here a uh what'd you think of isaiah swerve scott because he's a big independent guy that big name on the independence is motherfucking true all right okay like that weird cartwheel springboard shit he did like where the fuck did that come from who the fuck does that he does uh isaiah swerve scott or as he was known on the independent shane strickland yeah, uh, Roderick Strong gets the win when the Undisputed Era gives the assist. Adam Cole gets on the mic and starts talking shit, makes the mistake of saying the word dream, and then the dream appears on the Titantron. 
snaps his fingers, and he is there in the arena above the announce booth cutting a promo. And here's the thing. Some people didn't like this. They thought it was stupid or that it didn't seem like the Velveteen Dream and he didn't have the passion in it and that it's very WWE-esque. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was about to say, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. He talked about Roderick Strong and how they're going to have a match in two weeks or he challenged him to a match in two weeks, a rematch for the North American title. And then he showed this picture that Roderick Strong took of himself naked with the North American title over it. And he says, in two weeks, that title will be gone. And he snaps his fingers. And then it's a picture of Roderick Strong with a very tiny sensor mark over his very tiny package. And he says, you just don't measure up. So good. And Roderick so good. Strong went from being all confident and like, yeah, look at me in that fucking picture, blah, blah, blah. To, hey, that's not me. That's not my dick. This isn't, no. I, I, I get why some people, some NXT loyalists, didn't think that it was they're worried that it's becoming too much of a WWE product because that's a very Vince McMahon booking thing to do. Yeah. Something you would have saw with Goldust, but I still enjoyed the fuck out of it. I mean, you got to think, like, Velveteen Dream is very similar to Goldust, but at the same time, it's just like, you know how times I accuse you of, like, you know, just hating fun? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that a lot last night. That's what that sounds like. This is what that sounds like. It sounds like these people just hate fun. You know who absolutely hates fun, but I, I have so much fun watching him do it? Wow. Tommaso Ciampa, who then his music plays. And that music, Travis, I know it's a little reminiscent in the beginning of the Taz music with the heartbeat, but then the guitar comes in and you get the no one will survive. It's great. And he comes out stoic as shit, dragging that crutch, that camo crutch behind him. The Undisputed Era, all four of them get the fuck out of the ring. He grabs a chair, sits down, and he doesn't talk to Adam Cole. He doesn't talk to the Undisputed Era or the Dream. He talks to the championship belt. And all he has to say is, Goldie, daddy's home. And I popped so fucking big for that. It was fucking awesome. It's one of those things, like, you know, I feel like if I was more familiar with this character, I'd be hype about this. Like, I knew it's one of those things that meant a lot to people who knows what's going on here. So, Mm -hmm. like, I was happy for y'all. But even though it, it was still kind of cool, right? It was. It was. It was. The it I know how much bigger it is for you all than it is for yeah. Well, it's weird because he was a heel before he got injured, and now he's kind of coming back as a baby face. That happens, though, when people yeah. like, you know, that are very um, entertaining. Yeah, but it's like, but people who are heels, who people appreciate what they do, you know? Yeah, they've been gone for a long time. And then they come back, and people cheer them because they're back. They're just happy to see them back, and it kind of turns them into a babyface. He did this great thing where he Triple after seventeen times after his first knee injury when he disappeared, he came back after attacking Johnny Gargano, and he had this shirt, and it said Blackheart, which is like a slogan, and it was like a sugar skull with a beard. And people were tweeting him, "Where can I get this?" And he goes, "It's not for sale. This is my shirt. Why would why the fuck would I sell it so you could wear it?" <laughs> Like, like, fuck you. This isn't for you. This is for me. <laughs> Black. Um, yeah. Like good old Owen? A little bit, yeah. He's not a nugget. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, did you see Kathy Kelly trying to interview Ciampa backstage? Negative. Oh, Travis. Make sure I come back to that because I, I added to part of this, and it was fucking hilarious. Uh, did you see Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai? I have, I was going to say, I have a feeling if you saw Bianca Belair, you'd remember. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, I didn't. But then it's like it, it baffles me that it wasn't on the show. 
Uh, did you see Walter versus Kushida? Main event. Okay. What did you think of that match? What do you, what do you think of, uh, as you guys asked me to call him, Asian Marty McFly? Because apparently Yoshihiro McFly is a little too racist. Oh man, he was, you know, it was it was it was a pretty good match. I'm having trouble understanding Walter's appeal, but you know. Yeah, I mean, he's a big guy who moves somewhat agile for a guy his size and my understanding of Walter before he got to NXT UK and pretty much what I've seen from him is he slaps really hard and has really bad, big hands and people like it. Mm. Okay. Um Kushida looked great, though. It was another good match. NXT, that's the thing about them. They put out consistently good matches. Now. Yeah, but you know how I am about story, though. I know. I know. And if you had been watching like I asked you to, this Tommaso Ciampa story would really have you hooked. But, you know, you had to wait till USA. Couldn't listen to me then. And Dude, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear more. I barely listen to you now. Yeah, just... I know. Ladies and gentlemen. Get all right. Not good enough for Hulu NXT edition. We had Brizongo, who are now long or who are no longer fashion police. They are now construction workers. My thing is, I hope that they just go through a whole village people transition and they come out. Um, they're supposed to fight a tag team called Everrise, but Everrise is dragged to the ring by Jackson Riker and Travis. We've talked about Jackson Riker before. You knew him as Gunner in TNA. Got it. Um. And then his two uh, lackeys, the Forgotten Sons, uh, that threesome there, come out, take Everrise's spot, and the Forgotten Sons beat Brizongo. Um, Cameron Grimes has a three-second match. I mean, this match was faster than the Kofi Kingston-Brock Lesnar match. He defeats Boa because Killian Dane comes down right at the beginning of the match, distracts the ref, distracts Boa. Grimes gets a quick finisher, takes off. And Boa gets tossed around by Grimes and thrown on the announce table. And, yeah. I don't know who any of those people are. I'm sorry. Boa gets killed by Dane. Um, I'm not surprised. Do you know who Killing Dane is? I know the name. Yeah, he was part of uh, Sanity the two or three times they actually showed up on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm aware of the name. Like, But you remember I've seen, I've seen them, like, twice, and it was always in a group, and I never knew who was who. Nikki Cross married this big, fat, hairy motherfucker. Oh, the big one. Okay. Yeah, the big one. Um, and then I'm going to save the Chompa stuff for last. Bianca Belair defeats Dakota Kai, gets on the mic and says, anyone that wants to go through Shayna needs to come through her first. She's the motherfucking gatekeeper. So now Rhea Ripley has her eyes set on Shayna. Bianca says, you want Shayna, you got to come through me first. I'm the gatekeeper. I'm next in line. So we're going to get Rhea versus Bianca, and then the winner taking on Shayna more than likely, and that should be some good shit. I'd say I'm with it. So Tommaso Ciampa, so Kathy Kelly is backstage, and she's looking around for Tommaso Ciampa, and there's this guy who was part of the NXT breakout tournament by the name of Angel Garza, and he's trying to get Kathy's attention, and she's like, listen, I'm looking for Tommaso. So Tommaso comes up, and she runs over and tries to interview him about, you know, what's going on with the Undisputed Era, and Angel Garza interrupts and says, this is the guy you're looking for, and starts talking in Spanish. So Tommaso Ciampa just pops him in the mouth and knocks him backwards through a door. Kathy Kelly goes, what did he say? And he goes, I don't know, and walks away. It was fucking beautiful, Travis. It was fucking beautiful. 
Oh man, that's like the physical version of like when Booker T showed up when The Rock was doing his like return promo back in the day, mm-hmm. and he just showed up trying to you know talk shit to The Rock, and The Rock just looked at him like, "Who in the blue hell are you?" <laughs> and just shut him all the way down. Like mm-hmm. what you just described was the physical version of that, and I love it. No, it was great, and I I really think you're gonna enjoy the Tommaso Ciampa the more you see him. Uh, should we do SmackDown and save AEW for last? Because, uh, just so you guys know, full transparency here, we're recording stuff, more content for you because you guys love us. You want to hear more of us and different shit. So we were up late last night and then Travis had to get up early and work and Travis doesn't know how much of AEW he was actually conscious for when he went to go watch it. If any of it, cause I, I remember turning it on. Yeah. So got <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, we'll jump to SmackDown, which was tonight. And there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, we start off with Roman Reigns versus the draft. We start off with Roman. That was the majority of it. And we're just going to run down the draft pick. So first off, how do you feel about them having like Terry Bradshaw and Troy Aikman and all these Fox sportscasters doing like mock drafts and talking about the draft and acting like they give a shit? That was very forced. And I'm like, this is a waste of everybody's time. 100 percent like people who are fans of those people and only fans of those people are not going to give a shit about the wwe's draft and people who are wwe fans are not going to give a shit about those other people you know here's my thing they're talking about a draft and you got terry bradshaw and michael strahan and all those guys there troy aikman no no troy aikman was separate when they're actually they're like oh who would you draft and they're all drafting they fucking did that with troy aikman too. dead retired ass people yeah they all like talked about people like it was like yo okay that's i draft good. rick flair or hulk hogan 1989 or, cool yeah we Dusty draft <laughs> yeah like come on now come on uh roman reigns versus seth Rollins. uh winner gets the first draft or helps their oh, go ahead travis I, I know you're gonna talk about this but it was just like yo as soon as they said that you know raw gets three picks for every two that smackdown gets like it's clear that raw has the first pick and that's the only way that'll work yeah <laughs> so it's just like how do they get there you know that was really the yeah. question how do they get there anyway go ahead um, sorry and the reason that they've said that is because raw is a three-hour show and smackdown is a two-hour show raw has more time to fill so raw needs a bigger roster is the reasoning they gave for why usa gets it also how did you feel about the uh the usa slash fox draft room like i'll give fox credit because they had the fucking football robot in the draft room so it felt like fox I think it was yeah in the um and then in the uh, USA one like some dude had face paint on yeah <laughs> it's like come on now really really and like they got excited over like the last draft pick that they got when they got the last draft pick of the round it's like well you knew you were gonna get that guy yeah, yeah that was one of the and then also the way they announced the draft picks like they clearly had to submit them all ahead of time mm-hmm. so as they announced them they were getting excited that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just yeah, it was weird. Anyway, uh, Reigns versus Rollins the was weird. But Reigns versus Rollins. If Rollins wins, Raw gets the first draft pick. If Reigns wins, SmackDown does. It ends with the Fiend coming up from inside the ring, putting the mandible claw on Seth Rollins, dragging him into a hole. Seth Rollins then escapes the hole, and the lights go out. When they come back on, the Fiend is on the stage. I'm watching this, and I'm saying to myself once again, 
Matt just came in his pants. Not really, because I, I here's the thing. That Hell in a Cell shit was so bad, I was just kind of hoping, like, we'd move on. Like, maybe he'd attack Roman Reigns. Well, clearly, if you saw the draft picks, though, he's going to move on. He has no choice. Well, not necessarily, because Seth hasn't been drafted yet. Yeah, but Seth's a universal champ. He's on Raw. We'll see. He's got, he's got uh, the big red belt. He's on Raw. I'm only gonna I'm only gonna touch on this briefly just because it's a what the fuck moment. King Corbin versus the newly changed Shorty Gable. What in the fuck WWE? Like, did you not hear everyone say we're tired of short jokes? We're tired of short jokes. This is stupid. So I'm what tired do you do? Of Aaron Corbin versus Gable. It's like the seventh time I've seen that match. That too, but why are we do? Why are we change? Like actually name change? Like this isn't a Baron Corbin called him this. He is going by Shorty Gable now. Yeah, yeah. He is too good to do this dumb shit. It's not right. He needs to stop trying to do that bridge German suplex with Corbin though. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's clearly not working out. So I'm gonna need him to do something else. Maybe in Samoa. Was it weird for you seeing Samoa Joe on the draft panel and Very. he was like putting guys over and shit? He was entirely too nice. He was just like, why are you doing this? Don't do this. Go home. And let's talk about this. Renee Young is no longer a commentator. She is part of this now new Fox show. They have removed her from commentary. It is a two-man commentary booth on Fox. How do you feel about that? Sucks for her, but I've said before I prefer the two-man booth anyway. I agree with that. I would much rather have Renee Young on commentary on raw in place of either Dio Madden or Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I'm than not, not have her on commentary. I'm at really all. not a fan of uncle Madden. So yeah. Uncle Madden. Yeah. Tio. Dio. No, it's Tio. The D. It's a T. Duh. It's a T. I, Google that shit. I'll put money on it. It's a D. Pull out my Google machine here. You're about to take an L because it's a D. Well, Travis is looking that up. Uh, Brock and Paul come out and cut a promo. They're talking about how Brock, you know, lost to Kane Velasquez. Paul Heyman is great at what he does, and he painted a very – yeah, Travis, you want to talk about that L you just took? Nope. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brock and Paul are cutting this promo. Paul's painting this beautiful picture of what happened between Brock and Cain Velasquez for anyone who's not familiar with MMA or their history. I mean, that and why Brock – All the that he ever had to me, by the way, but go ahead. Uh, Paul Heyman did? No. No. Oh, Brock Lesnar? No. No. Oh, Dio. Yeah. Yeah. Dio. Yeah, D. Because I, I was like, at least I can call him Uncle Madden. But then I'm like, oh, no. Can't even do that anymore. Nope. You're used uh, to So Paul paints this beautiful picture and talks about yeah. why Brock is going to beat Cain Velasquez in their WWE title match at Crown Jewel. Because, yes, Cain Velasquez's first ever match in WWE it's going to be for the WWE title. They said that? Yes. I don't believe it. I didn't hear that. There was a press 
conference today that it was announced on uh, YouTube. It's on YouTube. It don't count. Okay. Um, that they're having this match as a title match, which means it's not going to mean shit because Brock's either going to win or the match is going to get thrown out somehow. Because there's no uh, title change happens at, at Crown Jewel and they gave the belt to fucking Kane Velasquez. On his first match in WWE. No. Um, they talk about how Brock conquers fear. And uh, then Ray comes out, brings out Kane Velasquez. And in case Paul Heyman didn't paint a clear enough picture for you, they play the video clips of what Kane Velasquez did to Brock Lesnar in that MMA fight. And then Ray lets uh, Brock know that Kane said in Spanish that he's going to give Brock a matching scar for the other side of his face because he tore the reason he's got that scar here is from his fight with Kane Velasquez. So, hmm. Cool story, bro. The New Day celebrates uh, the breast cancer survivors giving out two title belts. Yeah. You looked upset when I brought up the New Day. Are you okay? Do you not want to talk about the New Day? Because they had a match with the OC, and they won that match, right? Yeah. Okay. New Day. New Day beat the OC. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Does it still hurt? It hurt. It actually made it hurt even more, Matt. Because he went from being WWE champion to being in a six-man tag. Yeah. With no mention of it. No mention whatsoever. Like you don't. That's not true. They played a video at the beginning of the show that clearly showed what happened to him last week on SmackDown. But, like, a week later, it was like, yeah. It's almost like this guy was never champ. Like, it's just... This is why I was, this is why I was so adamant about him remaining champ, because I, I saw this happening. I saw it. They can't take it away from us, Travis. They may not mention it. They may not hype it up. Hopefully, he gets another chance or a run or something, but they can never take away the almost six months we had with Kofi Kingston as champion, or that WrestleMania moment. Because they didn't even take away Chris Benoit's. They can't take away Kofi's. Here's the thing. I was thinking about how somehow we can salvage this. Okay. What they can do that I would be okay with. All right. Aren't you kind of wishing that they had gone with my idea and broke up the New Day and did the Big E feud? No, no. Because this is where I'm going. Over what happened? No, okay. This is where I'm going. So, New Day is back together now <laughs> as the New Day. Then, like, you know, maybe not next week or the week after, but, like, soon, coming up soon, Kobe finally addresses what happened, you know? He's got Big E and Xavier with him. But in the middle of it, Big E just snaps and starts whooping his ass. And afterwards, he said, he talks about how, you know, we supported you all this time. You know, we were behind you. And you told us not to come out there and help you during that match. And you said you would handle it, but you didn't. You got dropped that quick. Even after we gave you all that support. So you know what? I'm going to do this myself. Fuck y'all, you know? So he, like, beats the shit out of Kofi. Like, we don't see Kofi for a few weeks. But in that time, He's button heads with uh, Xavier. They they going at it for a while until Kofi comes back, kind of saves Xavier's ass because he's getting his ass whooped. Because honestly, it's Big E versus Xavier Woods, you know. So that leads to you know the two of them having their thing, and as a result of that, Big E gets his title shot. He beats Brock. Big E becomes champ, and that's the only way I can see this working out in a way that's acceptable to me. 
So, uh, basically, everything that I said should happen before Kofi lost to Brock as a way to get the belt off Kofi is your suggestion on how to rectify Kofi losing to Brock in nine seconds. I have no idea. Break up the new day. I've told you before. I'm not listening to you most of the time you talk anyway. No, you listen to that because when I said break up the new day and turn Big E heel, you had a lot of shit to say about that. You were not happy. No, I wasn't at the time. Mm. I'm not exactly happy about that either. I'm saying that's the only way they can do something to make that meaningful to me. Unless they do the whole Kofi Kingston admits that he failed and, you know, he failed against Randy Orton too and he overcame that and he comes back and has another match with Brock and fights and this time actually gets in some offense and comes this close to beating Brock but loses and then gets another chance and finally beats Brock. Yeah, but then that's Roman Reigns all over again. I don't want that. Yeah, well, let's go back to what happened this week on SmackDown, not hypothetical SmackDown storylines that probably aren't going to happen because, well, it's Fox. Right or so, you know. Do you think that Fox is going to, you know, make Big E champion? No, no, they have a rule. You know, that's why Renee Young is no longer there either. They have rules. No vaginas and no black people. Exactly. Um, well, that's not a hundred percent true, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Charlotte versus Bailey for the SmackDown women's championship in a rematch. Bailey comes out with a fucking haircut. She's got some medieval torture device and she murders six men on stage. (laughs) The wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two men. Okay, and what's sir. the what's the key word at the end of that? I know, I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, I'm, she I'm, she murdered six men. Yeah, yeah. I was acknowledging that you were correct, sir. Let, let, okay. I'm giving you a win here. Take it. But anyway, I fucking loved this. Do you I, find Bailey more attractive with the new haircut? I do. Like no 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 bullshit. Like I was kind of staring during the whole match. Like oh, there's a match happening here. There's not just this. Okay, okay. That ass though. But um, yeah yeah, I was very happy with this. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, keep talking, keep talking, Travis. I, I, like I got it. I know, but you reminded me of it again, and I had to take a deep breath. But um, yeah, I'm loving it. And she's champ again. Fuck yeah. No, it was cool. It was cool that they finally got rid of that. I don't know if the music that they pay, played after she won is going to be her new music. You can barely hear it, or yeah, if it was just kind of a placeholder yeah. uh, because they didn't want to play the old Bailey music. Uh, so we'll see what we get next week with Bailey. It was good. It was good shit. Let's run down the draft picks made by USA. USA got Becky Lynch, the OC in its entirety, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Bobby Lashley, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Natalia, the Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, and the Street Profits. The issue that I take with this is Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are a tag team. They could have drafted them together and had them both and gotten an extra person. Why didn't they do that? There's a whole lot of lack of of logic in this draft, but we'll, we'll move on. Over on the Fox side, Fox got Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks. Wow. They, she's black, Travis, and she's got a vagina, and they drafted her. Yeah, but then, like, you know, they can, like, lie and say she's mixed, so it don't count. 
Braun Strowman, Lacey Evans, The Revival, The Lucha House Party. Weren't they trying to build a wall to keep them out of the WWE? Yeah, yeah. Trump's not going to like that. And Heavy Machinery. So here's my confusion here. All right, what up? This is day one of the draft. Correct. And I understand they got to do something because this, this is all a work and they got to make sure that the raw part of the draft is still interesting. Okay. But in your first picks. Yes. Why the fuck would you skip over Brock Lesnar? Oh, because Seth there's Rollins. something there's something that was going on that they didn't explain very well on TV. There are two pools that they could draft from. One pool was available on the first night. Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston and all that are not part of pool one. They are part of pool oh. two. That is only available on Monday Night Raw. That makes more sense. Because I'm like, why do you skip over, like, like who I just mentioned, and Kofi and AJ Styles. And like, well, he dra they drafted him with the OC, right? Like, they made him part of the OC? Yes. Yeah. That's weird. Anyway. So that was the thing. Well, that's what they said, is you can either draft one person and break up a team or a tag team, or you can draft the whole team as one pick. Well, he's not that's why I don't understand tag team. why Alexa Blitz. Well, it's a faction. Yeah, I mean, the tag team. Lucha House Party. Yeah, but they interchange as a tag team. Okay, well, Day. they don't really enter like New Day doesn't really interchange anymore anymore, but they have in the past and they will probably mm -hmm. again now because they don't give a fuck about the fact it's just a way to get around it. I'm more concerned with the fact that they did not draft Alexa and Nikki together and wasted a fucking draft pick than I am that they got three guys out of one. Anyway, that's the whole thing. It's just like I'm watching this and I'm like, there's a lot of lack of logic, but you just explained to me how there's two pools, not just one. So Correct. it just it explains to me why, you know, the fucking Lucha House Party got picked ahead of Seth Rollins, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Got you, got you. Uh, I mean, he did get picked ahead of Chad Gable and a bunch of other people. By the way, all of the people that, like Cesaro, Lucha, Lucha House Party got picked over Cesaro. Not the point. Everyone that was not picked from Pool 1 tonight is now a free agent and can earn a spot on either Raw or SmackDown. can end up somewhere. Or I'm assuming maybe NXT. Yeah, the ones I don't know. Who, like get signed, just get dropped yeah. out in NXT. So they can um, those guys, you know. Let's roll over to AEW. First match, AEW kicks it off hot. You got the Young Bucks versus Private Party as part of this tag team tournament to determine the first ever tag team champions. Do you remember watching this or seeing this or did you finish it? I remember the entrances. Okay, Private Party. Those are the black guys. Mm -hmm. Beat the I mean, Young Bucks. I saw them in week one when they were like, I think they were like defending Kevin Smith or some shit. Yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're we talked about it. They're basically like uh, AEW Street Profits. Yeah, yeah. They beat the Young Bucks. They beat the owners of the company, the premier tag team, the number one tag team in the world. Blah 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 blah. blah in this tournament and took them out. They beat. They were number eight seed. They beat number one. Hell yeah. Uh, and it was a really good match. I mean, here's the thing: AEW matches are fun and entertaining as shit to watch. And this was one of those fun, entertaining matches where I just kind of forgot about logic and shit like that. But there's not a whole lot of match psychology and logic in these matches. So if that's a problem for you, it may be a problem. This was so fun, I didn't care. Travis, you can put your fist down now. You didn't freeze. I can still see it moving. <laughs> and then, this is going to be my favorite thing to talk about tonight. Chris Jericho comes out with Jake Hagar and Ortiz and Santana 
and that fucking douche Sammy Guevara and says, you know, people have been asking us, are, are we together? Are we going to stay together? Are we a team? Do we have a name? He says, yes, to all of that. We are the inner circle. And there's a great line when he starts talking individually about each team. Yeah, it's a five-man faction. He individually talks have about my attention, AEW. He okay. So you first stuff, attention. If I'm not mistaken, not only is this the first ever faction Jericho's been a part of, but it is definitely the first faction Jericho has ever led. Yeah. On mainstream wrestling TV, Jericho talks about why Sammy Guevara is great and about how he's sexy and all this shit and talented and all this shit. He talks about how crazy Santana and Ortiz are. He puts over Jake Hagar and talks about him. Then there's a We the People chant, Travis. And Chris Jericho says, hey, calm down. That was bad creative. It was dumb, and it's gone and dead and buried. And, yeah. I mean, I get it because it was racist as fuck, but, but. He called WWE out and said it was bad creative. Yeah, that was the crux of that. Also, we are on TNT, and it is TV 14. Jericho said shit, and they didn't, del- they didn't bleep it out. He can shit, say shit, shit, TV 14. Shit, 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 shit. Cool. And then he goes on to talk about his match at full gear against You're Cody Rhodes. Huh? You've been watching South Park? I have been. I, didn't, I don't think I saw this last week's episode, though. Oh, it's so good. It's so okay. good. Um, Jericho not only says shit, but then he starts talking about his match against Cody Rhodes at their next pay-per-view full gear. He says, I never liked Dusty Rhodes. I thought he was an idiot. I never liked Dustin Rhodes, and I'm going to kick his ass later tonight, and I don't like Cody. He took a shot at Dusty. He took a shot at the whole family. It was really entertaining, really good. That's why I said, even if you just go watch the first two promos, like I'm like, if you can just get through the first Two segments, you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, I guess I may go back and watch it sometime this weekend. Yeah. Um, and then the reason I wanted to talk about this, I, as far as I know, was the first person to notice this. I posted it in the Smack and a Raw group. Hi, Bear. And I posted it on Twitter. Jericho's Faction, the Inner Circle, is a 2019 reboot of Degeneration X, where Jericho is Triple H. Sammy Guevara and his stupid ass hair is X Pac. Ortiz and Santana are road to show Sean Waltman a little bit more respect than that. He's a light heavyweight, Travis, who sticks his tongue out and jumps around. He is the X Pac of that group. That's not important. I'm getting to the important thing. Ortiz and Santana are the new age outlaws for AEW. And of course, Jake Hagar. Are they actually attacking? Yes. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what makes a faction, sir. This is what makes a faction. Travis, let me get to the good part. Jake Hagar. Well, who here's did not, the thing, though. Let me tell no, <laughs> Fuck you. Jake Hagar, who stood in the back and stared with his arms folded and did not speak the entire time, is China. He is the China of their group. <laughs> and when I saw that, that is the first thing I thought, is China standing back there with her arms folded, not talking, staring, and I see him, and I'm like, he's the motherfucking China of this group, and everything else just fell into place. And I made a fucking meme, and I posted it on Facebook, and I posted it on Twitter. Go like and retweet that shit, because it's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. It was way too easy. I had to do it. Like, I couldn't help it. I know. Uh, we had Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. I want to like Jimmy Havoc, but as soon as he takes off his entrance attire, he just looks like the third member of Ascension, and it, he doesn't do anything for me. Darby uh, Allen wins this match. Yes, I have to. Well, I told you I'll go back and watch. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen wins this match uh, to earn a number one contender spot to face Chris Jericho next week on AEW TV for Chris Jericho's title. We've got a women's tag team match, and here's the thing. NXT's women's division is leagues above AEW's, or at least in their presentation right now. So we had Britt Baker and Riho beat Emi Sakura and beat Priestley. Riho's the one that won the title last week, right? Yes. And now the person that she tagged with this week, she's going to face next week on AEW TV in a singles match. Then we had Sean Spears versus John Moxley. I was like, what are you doing? Cut it out. Uh, I was really excited for this because it's motherfucking Dean Ambrose versus Ty Dillinger, and they got their new personas, and they're getting a push. I thought it was going to be great. He does it, Travis. He does do the 10 thing. He does bend down and stick the 10 hands. Here's the thing. In front of the ref, Tully Blanchard grabbed John Moxley. Yeah, but that's Tully. In front of the ref, the manager put his hands on a wrestler in front of the referee. Yeah, but and do you know do you know what they did? Nothing. You know why? Because it's Tully. No, because it's impossible to get fucking DQ'd in AEW and it's pissing me off. Because Jr. called for it. Whoever the fuck he wants to. Jr. called for it, and Excalibur called for it. Tony Schiavone called for it. They're like, he just put his hands on him. That's a DQ. That's a disqualification. They're like, well, you know, here in AEW, it's it's up to the ref's discretion and the ref's being lenient because he wants to see this match go. Listen, they need to figure out fucking rules for this promotion and let us as fans know. Because when I see John Moxley come in the middle of a six-man tag team match and attack one of the members of the match, the legal man, and then drag him into the crowd and put him through a fucking glass table and you don't call it DQ. And then in a singles match, yeah. I watch your manager grab in front of the referee, a motherfucking competitor, and you don't call it DQ. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Here's the thing. How this it works. Makes, it also makes it hard to like really establish people as heels because if the heels are breaking the rules, you don't know if they're breaking the rules. There are no fucking rules. Exactly. Um, Pac was on car, not me. You know, it's just kind of how it works, and it's logical. Um, I'm sure he'll keep calling it out when he sees it because it's some stupid shit. There was some cool shit after the match. Uh, Moxley won, and then out comes Kenny Omega, who he, they've been having this kind of feud back and forth, but it's all via YouTube and their show and shit. He's got a barbed wire baseball bat and a barbed wire broom because – yeah, it's a broom wrapped in barbed wire around, like, the broom part, not the handle. His thing in Japan was he was the cleaner, and he was sweeping opponents, so he had the broom. So he brings his broom out wrapped in barbed wire because Moxley's thing is he's crazy and this and that. He threw Moxley the barbed wire baseball bat and picked up his broom, and it looked like they were about to go at it, and I got really excited. And then motherfucking Neville comes from the commentary booth and attacks John Mox or attacks Kenny Omega from behind Boo. with a chair and ruins it. Boo. I wanted him to have like a bat versus broom lightsaber battle. That's what I was hoping for. We did not get that. Um, next week we are going to get Pac and Mox versus uh, 
Omega and somebody. Um, I also um, did not hear mention of someone else. Oh yeah, no, uh, he he wasn't on the show this week. But yeah, he doesn't exist. That's told, why. That's no, why Travis, he wasn't on the fucking Travis, show, man. He is he going exist. to be on the show next week. He is going to be on the show he next week. They announced him for the show. Man. There is. He no was on AEW Dark. There is no such thing as a fucking luchasaurus. He was on AEW Dark, and if you go to the YouTube show and you scroll to like the last twenty minutes of the fucking show and watch it, you will fucking see a Luchasaurus. Dude, and if you watch AEW next week, he's going to be in a match him against the Luchasaurus. Okay, set, you can keep showing me all the clips you want of this dude until I see him on television. He's not real. I'll make you a deal. You watch AEW next week. They have told us Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. The Jurassic Express are taking on the Lucha Bros. Not only should that be an amazing tag team match, but it's going to have Luchasaurus. If Luchasaurus is not on TNT next week, we will no longer talk about AEW on the show unless you decide that you fall in love with this Jericho faction and you want to continue that. How does that sound? Can we just do that anyway? No. Go see Luchasaurus. If he's not there, I will never bring it up again. I just don't believe he exists, man. I believe that you made this up to try to trick me into watching AEW, and I don't appreciate it. So we got Dustin Rhodes versus or Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Adam Page, the dude that does the reverse tombstone. Uh, also looks and feels a lot like Barry Windham, who Dustin Rhodes used to tag team with. So this was kind of a cool matchup. Page is still my favorite in the fucking company right now. They're taking on Sammy Guevara and his stupid Dallas. ass hair, huh? Diamond Dallas no. Page. Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page. I'd rather be Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page is involved with AEW and is very close to Cody Rhodes, though. It's not like, you know, Page from WWE, though, either. Huh? No. I miss her. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Jericho Lou, or, uh, beat Dustin Rhodes and Adam Page. Uh, we got Jake Hager out there, who doesn't really seem to care about anything. Um. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was telling you, you had two minutes. Okay. Uh, they did a much better job doing things behind the ref's back in this match, and maybe that's just the experience of Dustin and Jericho being out there. Uh, but we ended the show with a big brawl again. This time, the good guys, because uh, Cody showed up, the lights went off, Cody showed up. Cody feels like the face of this fucking company. Like, he yeah. feels like the biggest star in this company. I'm and I love it be. because it doesn't – I don't care if he's the owner or whatever – I respect the shit out of Dust or Cody Rhodes, and I'm glad that you know he made a name for himself and all that shit. And yeah, the lights go out. He shows up, big brawl. Darby Allen comes down on a skateboard, jumps and attacks Chris Jericho. That's how the show goes off the air. All right, Travis, I'm gonna give you Raw or SmackDown. You can spit one, you can swallow one. I mean, spit or I, swallow? Can I spit them both? Because I'd spit them both until Bailey came out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get there. Raw or SmackDown, spit or swallow? Yeah, I guess between the two, I'd swallow SmackDown and spit Raw. Okay. NXT and what you heard about AEW, which one you spit and which one you swallowing? I guess I'll spit, spit NXT and swallow AEW because it sounds like you got a faction there, and I'm all for that. Don't forget about Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm, sw- Belair, you know? I'm swallowing SmackDown and spitting raw and i am swallowing nxt and spitting AEW because the dq thing really bugs the shit out of me all right travis smackdown or AEW? which one you spit which one you swallowing 
I'll swallow SmackDown and spit AEW. And I'm going to swallow NXT and spit SmackDown. So for me, best show of the week, NXT. For you, Travis, it was SmackDown. Cool. But you didn't really watch AEW, so not quite fair. And it only really got that butt because it sounded like they gave us a faction. So, yeah. Correct. All right, guys, you can check out Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow. That matches as a faction. You guys can check out Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow at facebook.com slash group slash Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow. And on all platforms that you guys find this podcast, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that shit. Also, please go check out, and if you haven't, give Creation Magazine, facebook.com slash Creation Magazine a like, because it's the link to everything and all the podcasts hosted on the under the Creation Magazine banner. You can find it all there. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash smackin' raw. Travis on Twitter and Instagram at SirCussalot. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. And me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. If Travis doesn't have anything else. I don't. I am the warden Matt Ritter. He is SirCussalot Travis Pointer. We are smackin' raw, and we are that damn good. Peace.